Academy podcast. I'm Fallon. That is Justin, our good friend slash co-host for today, and that's Michelle. Thanks. <laughs> that's Michelle. This is Michelle. That brings just the the happiest of times, the funniest shit of all times to the podcast. That's true. You should say my name with you know a little bit more enthusiasm. Everybody, that's Michelle. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. Hi, people. Mm. I've had a super stressful week. How's your week been? Uh, you know, I don't even know if I really want to get started on it. Fine, Justin. How was your week? <laughs> I was there. Yeah, I was there physically. <laughs> I was there mentally though. <laughs> We're recording a day late, so I had this whole rant. I know. Yesterday, <clears throat> and it doesn't seem like it seems pointless to say it now. Yeah, this whole how was your week, Michelle? Was totally planned. <laughs> she was like, "Ask me how my week has been," and I'm gonna <laughs> fucking tell him everything. <laughs> yeah, yesterday was stressful. Well, we've been moving. Yeah, we did move. We finally packed up and left our hometown, and now we're starting fresh somewhere new in a bunker. Yeah, down by the river. Yep. That's why the walls are so moist in here. It's hot, muggy, dark, damp, dank, dank. Yeah, it is. It is dank down yeah. here. Yeah. But yeah, so sorry for the late day of posting or whatever, but we've been moving. But I have an awesome story that we can get to in just a few minutes, but I'm super stoked about the story. I guess I should have had something, I don't know, planned. You do. Well, yeah, I have a story, but we usually have some banter before, and I don't, I ain't got... I don't have shit. I, mean, I can't even think of what's happened. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm pretty stoned. So nothing has. Nothing I don't remember anything has happened. happened. What's uh happening, Justin? Yeah, I got stuck Come in with traffic. Us, every day going to work. I got stuck in traffic every day coming home from work. Hit the pen, Michelle. Can't join us. I'm sitting here. <laughs> I ate a whole bag, a whole bag of mint chocolate muddy buddies. Yep, and a Red Bull. Mm-hmm. I do think we should go uh, get one of those um, nitro cold brews or whatever from Starbucks. That was really good. I mean, we should have got it before we recorded. I was trying to, but we to, there's just so many people in the garage. We just couldn't get let loose. Oh, and that's Jacob Woo. Hi, Jacob Woo. The, the one thing I do want to mention is <clears throat> the podcast room. Is looking shitty right now. It's under construction. We just yeah, moved. we have a folding table, folding chairs. I feel like we're just we suck. No, we don't. Listen, to I had my people. big comfy chair. It's gone. Yeah, I'm gonna work on that though. That's some horse shit. That we have to sit in these. <laughs> we don't sit in these <laughs> low chairs. budget wedding fold out fucking so barnyard. So you feel like Milton on office space. Yeah. 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 It's shoved in the basement. Yeah, without a goddamn stapler. All we have is this We laptop. do have a stapler, though. It's not red, though. It's pink. <laughs> of course. Yeah. yeah. But, you know. No, it's it's coming along. This is going to be the massage room slash podcast room slash Rusty Cauldron store slash Dude, we are the tarot. jack of all trades. <laughs> yeah. We, room. what you want, what you need. Me and Fallon do so many business ventures. 
And <laughs> we're just destined to make it on one of them. We are. My tarot card said so. Uh, it did. But I think yeah. it's the podcast that's that was hitting more towards. Well, that's thanks to everyone that's listening. Thank you. We appreciate you so much. we're a low budget podcast justin so i have to jingle my belly dancing belt just to get some fucking we make our own sound effect yeah we rip off yeah that was genuine the price is right well last time is my bag what do they call those little whistles kazoo's no kazoo's like a blow whistle yeah it's like yeah we learned uh, what those uh, whistle tubes are called that are in a row that are like slanted that goes like pamphlet. Yeah, <laughs> we just everyone knew about it but us. Yeah, <laughs> like what are those? <laughs> those things. Pan flute. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah, pan flute. So. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what you got going on today, but let me guess. You're going to take us down this dark, shitty hole. Oh, man. We're, we're going deep. And we're going local. Super local. Great. Like, hometown, birthplace. Oh, we're not local anymore. Well, original, like, hometown, birthplace. Oh. Like, I'm from Cincinnati. Okay. Yeah. No longer live there, but I'm from Cincinnati. I think we're all from Cincinnati. I'm not. Kettering? <laughs> nope. Where were you? Okay. No, <laughs> I'm not going to talk about where you're from? No. You don't need to know. All right. What a cunty way about it. They don't need to know. What if they care? What if they're also from Cincinnati or wherever you're from? Anyway, it doesn't matter. My, doesn't matter. my story for tonight is... I actually have two. The first one is just... It's one of Cincinnati's like most famous unsolved mysteries... They still haven't found out, or they still, no one has been arrested for this crime, but I am like 98% sure I fucking solved it. I, I can't wait to hear. Private. <laughs> Operation, Operation Private, Private Justice. Justice. That's our we, yeah, new. We're all here. This is an Operation Private Justice headquarters meeting. Listen. We have Marshall Moon. Guys, we are starting our, we want to branch out. Yeah. And we want to do like private detective work because we're, we're really so good, good at it. it. <laughs> And so we, our business is Operation Private Justice. Do you or someone you know have a case that needs solving or want to get someone on tape for cheating or something? Whatever you need. Or do you need bath bombs? Hit us up. (laughs) (laughs) We got whatever you need. I just want to go. I want to, how cool would it be to go on a stakeout? I mean, technically we can do that tonight. Well, we stake it out. Let's stake out Andy. (laughs) (laughs) Like she won't know. Like, yeah, but up, she. Guys? But she won't leave the house. Like that's going to be a boring. Stakeout. I have binoculars. Because I, I know. don't want to stake out a stranger. Like let's fuck with Andy. She's not listening. Well, yeah, of course she's not listening. But once she goes in, she doesn't come back out. Like that's the problem. Like there's nothing to stake out. She's going to shut the fucking door. We could. She doesn't have a ring doorbell. We could, like, fuck with her. Ding dong ditch. Light a bag of shit on fire on her front porch. I mean, I wouldn't do that, but, like... She would be so mad. I know. We could do something, though. <laughs> Take one of my Amazon packages that's empty and put it on her front door and ring the bell and just leave. And then we stake and it then out. And we just stake it out. <laughs> <laughs> or pack it full of shit and just watch her open it. 
Like, please open on front porch. <laughs> we're watching you. We're, yeah. So, yeah, so we're, we're staking Andy out tonight. Oh, yeah, you, you can stake anybody out anytime. You don't have to. I think it's called stalking. Have a black man. <laughs> no, hold on, that. hold on. Hey, hey, we're not stalking anyone. We're keeping an eye on our friend to prove a point that we can do whatever you need us to do. You want us to stake somebody out? We won't stalk them, but we will find out what they're up to. For sure. <clears throat> I mean, stakeouts, you're watching someone's every move. What is stalking? You're watching someone's every move with We're doing it for a malicious intent. Yeah. Like a perversion of some type. Like you're not doing that for her. No. Yeah. I just want to see if she's gonna open up this empty box full of boulders. Shit. <laughs> yeah, just a box of rocks. Boulders. Boulders. For them shoulders. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, not not bullshitting. Okay. So I'm just gonna go ahead and say your your stories are probably darker than mine. They're very dark. So yeah. I'll let you go first, and then maybe maybe I can just brighten it up. Well, even though mine's not even like mine, happy. Well, yours is interesting though. It's cool. It's really cool. Mine are not. <laughs> mine are just bad things that happen to people. Just awful things. But if I if you want to brighten it up, I'll have to go back to back. Because there's no way I can end with top five worst necrophilia acts of all time. Like, that's got to be number two. Then you come home. So how many swords you got? Two. Okay. Two. Well, let's go. All right. Well, the first one uh, took place in Cincinnati, Ohio in 1966, and it's still unsolved. It is the Bricka family murders. The what? Bricka. Bricka. Okay. B-R-I-C-C-A, Bricka Family Murders. Bricka, Bricka. Yep. Um, <laughs> the house is still standing, and I actually, I'll post a uh, a uh, picture of what the house looks like inside now versus what the layout of the murders were. So living it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. <laughs> Someone's there because it just sold. And all the listings for the the pictures or whatever were up, so I just, okay. I was like, holy shit, like, that's where so-and-so was killed, that's where so-and-so was killed. So, in 1966 is when this happened. Uh, a 28-year-old man named Jeremy, who was the father, uh, he was transferred from his company from Chicago down to Cincinnati. So, they started working there. Um, he was locally known as very handsome, very built, just, like, chiseled, super sexy, like, just really nice, genuine, young guy. Husband, takes care of his daughter, whatever. The wife, her name was Linda, she was 23 years old. She was the wife and mom. She was also known in her area for, like, being really beautiful, alluring, just a bright, beautiful smile, like, perfect body. Like, she just, she was really sweet, but they were just, it was a very attractive family. Okay. And there's a four-year-old girl named Debbie. She's the daughter. She was also known as, like, the neighborhood sweet girl, little darling girl. She played with everyone's kids, came out outside for popsicles and whatnot, sidewalk chalk. She was just, everyone knew her and everyone loved her. She was just a sweet little girl. Um, they originally all came from the West Coast. Linda was a flight attendant and then moved with her family to uh, Greenway Avenue in Cincinnati, where she also took up a job as a veterinarian technician at the Glenway Animal Hospital. Keep that in mind, she worked as a vet tech. Got That's it. one of my clues, okay? She Locked worked in. for a vet. Okay. Is it hold on, is this the case that you solved? Is this the one you're telling? Is it, yeah. Okay. This I'm I'll see what you guys think and then I might 
I mean, I think I fucking solved it. <laughs> really, like I, I might call the cops and be like, "Hey, this is solved." Um, so collectively, they were all known as like a quiet young couple. Debbie was loved by the neighbors. The wife would come out and wave. Just a very typical 1960s family, young, living in the suburbs. Yeah. On September 27th, uh, 1966, or 1966. Sorry, or sorry, shit. <laughs> Two days before that, so I guess on the 25th. Jeremy was last seen leaving his house to take the garbage out, and he waved to the neighbor, and the neighbor waved back to him. And that was the last time anyone ever saw them. So two days later, on September 27, 1966, the neighbors <laughs> went to check on the family and noticed, because they hadn't, they didn't bring their garbage cans back in, the paper was still left out, like, they just, all the lights were still on, like, nothing, uh-huh. they were, it was just weird. Like, they didn't go to their normal schedule. The neighbors next door noticed that their door was unlocked, which was common at that time. There was no danger in the neighborhood. People left their doors unlocked. You leave your car unlocked. Yeah, leave a window open. do that now. Right. Yeah. You leave a window <laughs> open or whatever. Um, so Richard, the one of the neighbors, he actually stepped inside, opened the door, and he stopped and noticed a very distinctive smell. He, it just completely overtook him. He started crying and he walked outside crying while he called the police. And he said for like, he guarantees that that is the smell of death there. There's a dead body. How does he know that? I think he had some, he worked on a police force or some shit. Like Richard knows what a dead body force is. It's a distinct smell. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. But when I'm putting it on the board. Okay. You can, I, I did too. I thought, Hmm. Okay. Okay. Also, they had two dogs that had been barking nonstop for two days straight, and the dogs were in the basement. So, the discovery of the bodies when the police showed up, again, I have the layout I'll show you guys on the uh, Dead Academy podcast page. Linda, she was stabbed eight times in the chest, two times stabbed in the head, and she was found dead in her bed. So, yeah, so she was stabbed a total of eight times, six in the chest and two in the head. She was found in her bed, and the the stab wounds were seven inches deep. So someone went fucking personal. through her. Was, right. Seems I don't, pers- sounds personal. Yeah. See? All right? It, sound, it sounds personal. Yeah. Put I that was on just, the board. Look, I was just... That statement, it, it rhymed a lot. It did. You got me on that. She was stabbed eight times, six in the chest, two in the head. That motherfucker was found in the bed. <laughs> Dead. Dead. Yeah. Doctor, I don't mean to laugh. No, no, no. Like, and, make and light of we it, shouldn't laugh at it. This Doctor is really bad. true crime. Well, yeah. I don't... I, look, that was just Won't the rhyming be part. be Richard's neighbor. You know? Okay, so Jerry... If this rhymes too, I'm just done. <laughs> Jerry, the dad, he was found stabbed nine times, four times in the back, three in the neck, two in the head. His wounds were also seven inches deep through his muscular body. So again... That's- Personal. Personal to do that many times. Angry. Eight times in, with Linda, nine times with Jerry. And, and then they found... That's a hell of a knife. And yeah. then they found Debbie, the little girl, the four-year-old girl. She was stabbed four times in the back while she was asleep. This is bad. The stab wounds were so deep, they went straight through her tiny body into the mattress and then pulled back out. And then he did that four times oh. to that little baby. She was four. Here we go. The neighbors were 15 feet away, but no one heard anything at all. So, uh, that the, or the night that they went missing, Jerry had worked that Sunday to get extra money um, after church was done, his usual routine. 
took the trash to the curb, neighbor, neighbor said hello. Uh, I should have probably put this before everything I just said. Linda wasn't outside, Debbie didn't come out to play, that's when the neighbors knew something was wrong. So, did the attacker come through the basement window and lead them to their rooms? Deb was already asleep. Jerry had a oh Jerry also had a sock stuffed in his mouth and a special kind of medical tape was hanging from his chin. Write that down on the board. Medical tape, a special kind of medical tape was found dangling from his chin. He had a sock in his mouth. Okay. So the marks on their wrists suggest that they were tied up at some point. Uh, the parents, not Debbie. Um, stab wounds suggest the attacker was left-handed, the way that the angled wounds were, mm-hmm. and that he used a large carving knife from their kitchen. The weapon was never found, although they com- they took pictures of the stab wounds and something of that to go seven inches deep. It's through a big knife. Huge yeah. fucking knife. <clears throat> but why would you have that in your kitchen? Like, carving knives are pretty big. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Okay. I think so. So, the dogs were found alive and barking in the basement and had signs of just being recently sedated. It, the dogs like from were, a vet. From a vet. I don't forgot. Which one worked at the vet? The wife. Okay. So, she worked at a vet. I already got it figured out. Okay. The dogs, both of them had been recently sedated, did not bark for very long. So, when they found them, they were kind of like, you know, out of it. Yeah. But barking. Um, fingerprints, hair, fluid samples on the crime scene. No one really knew what the evidence was or how to use it back then. So, they just kind of took what they could find and didn't really do much with it. Fluid samples, like blood oh, okay you know just there was no whatever like, sexual assault or anything it was just uh that is unclear well it's 1966 yeah. so forensics and stuff wasn't, wasn't the same. a thing yeah yeah i mean back then it's like they knew how to get fingerprints and that's pretty much about it um it could have been people thought at the time that it could have been a robbery but nothing was taken Nothing was taken at all. Like, some shit was messed up in the room, but nothing was actually taken. And a robbery doesn't stab that many times. Right. So I put personal attack, question mark. Cry of passion. So, exactly. So the autopsy, Linda had, she did not show signs of rape, although her, her vagina had shown that she had just had sex probably before her death, but the vagina did not seem to be disturbed, like, in a rape situation. You know, with, like, swelling or bruising. Um, so, like, who would have done this to the entire family? Like, who the fuck? Why? So, <clears throat> 38-year-old Fred Leninger was a vet and Linda's boss at the Glenway Animal Hospital, where Linda had worked three days before she was killed. While being interviewed by police, uh, Fred gave very little info, really didn't feel like cooperating with the police, was kind of thrown back by everything, just like, I don't want to talk about it, whatever. So local gossip started about, and it was rumored that Linda was actually rumored to be having an affair with Fred and liked the attention of other men. That's exactly I I, where I was, was going. going. Jilted so, love at work. And Fred never had an alibi for the night of the murders, and he never once cooperated with police. Like, if they asked him something, it, fuck you, I'm not answering. Like, he was a white, wealthy veterinarian in Cincinnati at the time. Pretty prominent man. He's not saying shit. So... What Fred did was he actually filed against the police department and his attorney had a ban on any law enforcement asking questions about the case to him because his Miranda rights were not read at that time. Now, the Miranda the Miranda rights were very new at that time, so police just kind of forgot to use them. And it's just like... Was getting, he arrested? 
they, he was questioned, but at that time they were like, well, you, you, you have to read them their fucking, you know, Miranda rights, blah, blah, blah. Well, they just didn't. They questioned him, and they didn't put him on any... That's not how it is nowadays, though, right? I mean, if you get... You have yeah. to be Mirandized to be asked questions about the case. Right. They don't I have thought to, you had to be Mirandized if you were arrested. If you're arrested, yeah, but, like, I think now it's just kind of over the board. Like, if a cop's going to ask you questions about a case, they have to read you your rights. Like, you have the right to remain silent. Yeah. You don't have to talk about this. And if you want some sort of a lawyer present during that questioning... Uh, one little point they'll give you one right um so yeah the police just kind of forgot to read the Miranda rights it was super new at that time um which actually ended in Fred being immediately and permanently removed from the case altogether so over 300 people were interviewed uh and suspicious 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 yeah it still seems weird suspised they, they were suspised. <laughs> That's not no a word. But, um, so, yeah, Fred still refused any and all questioning. Um, <clears throat> but could there have been a hitman? Like, that was also one of the, the theories. Nettie, which is a neighbor, and Linda were very good friends. And a few weeks before Linda's murder, Linda came up. She became very nervous and recently helped. She, she was super nervous because she recently helped break up a drug gang. And it could have been a drug gang that happened in Chicago, which is also a super big city known for, like, a lot of their drugs. But she she broke up a drug gang. We the wife. Know, the wife. The, <clears throat> that works at a vet office. Right. She told her neighbor and friend Nettie that she was really nervous and just kind of scared because she recently broke up a drug gang. What the fuck are you doing breaking up a... Okay. Maybe she called the cops because she saw some shit going down. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Maybe she was involved in something. She just, and maybe she gave information. Yeah. So, you know, could this have been a drug hit or was it a smart and experienced killer? Now, here's where it gets crazy. Also, at that time, there was another serial killer, uh, or there was a serial killer at the time in Cincinnati who was later known as the Cincinnati Strangler. I had never heard about this guy. Me neither. Huge deal. Huge fucking deal. Like, I think they mentioned him on um, Mindhunter, I think, unless I'm getting that mixed up with, like, someone else. Because that's what started me going down this rabbit hole, is they, they mentioned Cincinnati. I was like, why the fuck is Mindhunter talking about Cincinnati? And then I just went down. Yeah. I was like, oh, fuck, all this stuff's happening. So, on December 2nd, 1965, 56-year-old Emma Harrington was found dead in her basement apartment bathroom. She had been raped and strangled with a nylon cord. Four months later... Lewis, 58 years old, was, or Lewis Dane, was found in her apartment, strangled to death uh, with her own stockings. Two months later, in June, Janet Messier was strangled with a necktie and was found in a park two blocks away from her house in Cincinnati. Two months after that, on August 14th, 31-year-old Barbara Bowman was found with multiple stab wounds and strangled after taking a cab home. The cab later was found abandoned with her purse, blood, and rope inside. 58-year-old Alice Hoghauser was raped and strangled with a belt in a driveway. And on December 9th, 81-year-old... Uh, I don't know what I did. Though. Two more people were, were found, <laughs> raped and strangled with an electric cord, and then the 89-year-old was found strangled with her own stockings. So all that happened, like, within a year. So there's all these elderly women being strangled. So they Terrible. were wondering, like, could this have been the brick of family murder, but they weren't really strangling. They were stabbed. This was more of a... Well, it was all women. It's all women. Yeah. 
And so, so why would you go? Yeah, I wouldn't relate the two. Well, the police were trying to. That's why I yeah. wrote it down because there it gets really interesting. So the cab number was eight seven zero, and that was the ID for the cab number, and it was and it belonged to a fifty six year old man named Pastel Lakish Jr., who was found and got the death penalty for Barbara Bur- Barbara Bowman's murder in December of nineteen sixty six. So he was known as a Cincinnati Strangler. Uh, but the Bricka family murders, they seemed personal because they, for one, Pascal had no motive to kill the Bricka family, and no strangulation happened to the Brickas at all. It was just right. stabbing. So now the cops are like, all right, well, he didn't, he probably didn't do this, but now we have two fucking people. You know, we have one killer that's killing older, older women, and then this person just took out this family. So Linda had a friend from the Chicago area named Valerie Piercy who was also found murdered before Linda was found murdered. And Linda Bricka, Bricka was, had a, shit, sorry, she had a connection to, let's see, in June 23rd to Lonnie Trundle and Lisa Wick were found bludgeoned. Lisa lived, though, but both were former roommates of Bricka's back in Chicago. Okay, hold on. Before you continue on, mm-hmm. I have a new theory. Okay. Organized crime. Yeah, she... Broke up a drug thing, drug gang, and her that was in Chicago. Maybe they put her to Cincinnati, like witness protection. And someone found her. Someone found her. Maybe because everyone she knows in Chicago, they're murdered too. Well, that's a shitty relocation. They should have put her like Phoenix or (laughs) L.A. or something. (laughs) Hey, we're gonna send you two hundred miles away. I hope they don't find you. Uh, Yeah. So when Valerie was found murdered, um, like I said, in June. So these two women, Lonnie Trundle and Lisa Wick, were both found bludgeoned. Bludgeoned. bludgeoned I cannot say that word. And Lisa had lived, or Lisa lived through that, but both lived with Linda before the attacks happened. But the attacker that turned out to be that got a hold of those two women was actually Ted Bundy. One of the people he killed was her friend, and what? her other friend lived. Yeah, they were survivor. Victim slash survivor of Ted uh, Bundy. So Linda has all these connections to fucked up shit. Like, she's got a connection to Ted Bundy because he killed her two former roommates. And then her friend shows up dead in Chicago. Like, all these people are dropping like flies. Did she break up a drug ring? Was it just, like, neighborhood gossip? What the fuck? So, in 1990, the Cincinnati Strangler's DNA completely ruled out of the Bricka case. Um, And what's crazy is, in 2014... Fred Leninger had already married and whatever, still living in town. Him and his wife wife both committed suicide at the same time in 2014. Who's Fred? Fred's the guy that ran the vet. Oh, okay. The one that was boss. Okay. Yeah. So the box of evidence that the police did, or that they were able to take back with them, it got ruined. They don't know how it got ruined. It just got fucking right. ruined. Right. Yeah. So... I think it was Fred. He had a motive. Maybe he did have an affair with Linda, or maybe he didn't. Maybe he just thought she was the most beautiful woman on earth, and he maybe he put a hit towards her. She didn't like it. Fred did it. My theory is that Fred did it. His lust or his motives could have been lust, rejection. The dogs were sedated. Fred's a fucking vet, mm-hmm. and he has access to that shit. Yeah. The medical tape that was found on Jeremy. Medical, I mean, veterinarians use medical tape mm-hmm. the same as 
you'd wrap up Jacob's paw the same way you would yeah. my wrist. Mm-hmm. So I, my last thing that I wrote was Fred did it. <laughs> <laughs> so that case is closed. that is the case of the Brigga family murders that are content, said to have still been unsolved to this day. But it happened in Cincinnati in 1966, on 1966 at 3381 Greenway Avenue. I'm going there. So if you live at 330, 3381 Greenway Avenue, I'm coming to ask you I love some how questions. you just blasted their address on this podcast. Look, like, I think people live there. Here's the th- people do live there, but you know what? People live at the Home Alone house, too. And when the people go visit the Home Alone house, the people that live there get pissed. And I'm like, you know what you got yourself into mm-hmm. when you moved into this fucking house. They may house. not have known about this, though. They ha- That's if you the buy Home a Alone house, house, they have to disclose deaths, suicides, murders. like So they know that. Okay, you're buying the house that this family was massacred in. And in the little girl's bedroom, in Debbie's little tiny-ass little room, whoever lives there now, it's still painted pink. And it's set up like a little girl's room. Like, when I clicked on that picture, my heart fucking broke because I'm like, what if that's what her room looked like? It's like if you cut this room in half. Like, it was such a tiny... Yeah. For someone to go in there and stab her through to the mattress four times, like... That's a crime of passion. You don't just randomly do that to somebody. And you don't kill their kid for no reason. It's, I'm going with crime of passion. But it's I'm just a he was really fucked up coincidence that you bring up Ted Bundy and all of it. Yeah. Like, wow. That's just... He attacked her ex-two roommates at the same time. One Did of they ever died, test his DNA lived. on that case? No, but he didn't... He was a bludgeoner. Ted Bundy would have raped them. He would have taken their heads. He would have done something. He probably also wouldn't have well, killed a little girl. Well, I mean, it's just, girl. it's crazy, like, that he somehow is, yeah, she has a tie to him. To everything. Yeah. Yeah. So, wow. yeah, I think it was Fred, but I think it's fucked up. I know it's so hot in It's here. so fucking hot in I here. think it's so interesting that all of that happened in Cincinnati, and I had no, I had no, no idea. None. <laughs> I was going to apologize. And Avenue, like, you know how far it's like 40, 35 minutes away from here, where these people were killed, and they didn't. They never caught the guy. I mean, the Cincinnati Strangler is still in prison, or maybe he died, but like he's not an issue. He was just a cab driver that preyed on like the elderly women, and he would just go just, and fucking that's a special kind strangle of shit them and rape well. them. So, on to my next thing. Speaking of rapes and the dead who wants to learn a little bit about some necrophilia I bet. Cincinnati Strangler 1966 yep I've yep. been learning about it what was his name Pashish or something something junior fuck I have it written down literally right over here yeah you're right Pascal Postel Lasky Post- Jr. yeah I said that all wrong I, I called him Pastel <laughs> he died in 2007 good Pick away correctional institution. Good. Terrible fucker. So, did you look this up about the necrophilia after what I told you? Uh, no, no. I, I honestly can't tell you how I found this. Because I was is, not looking this, this up. This is funny. I have to say it. I listened to this other podcast, and I just started it. Just stumbled on it. It's called um, Wine and Crime. That's such an asshole move. I know. I'm so sorry. After I did it, I was like, man, that was a shitty thing to do. You'll blow smoke in my face. Anyways, 
Wine and crime. <laughs> Wine and crime. Right. <clears throat> yeah, oh yeah, tell me all about it. I'm <laughs> <laughs> <Don't> listen. <laughs> He's like the guy on Police Academy. <laughs> Bobcat. Colt Ride or whatever. Bobcat. Is it, I, Bob, I think his Bobcat, name is Bobcat. Goldweight. 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 Goldweight, yeah. Goldweight or Goldweight? Goldweight. Goldweight? Yes. What the fuck? Bobcat. What's your name? Bobcat Goldweight? No, you're wrong. Bobcat Goldweight. There you go. <laughs> like, you keep saying it, but I can't it? hear you. Suspects. Suspects. Either okay. way, I'm ready. So. <laughs> <gasps> what, what, what did, My thighs are on fire. Like, I'm so hot <laughs> it's here. It's hot in here, but... We, it was just a couple days ago, right? We I don't went know to what Dollar you're talking Tree. about. Oh, yeah. Talking about necrophilia. <laughs> so, we go to Dollar, Dollar Tree. Tree. I was listening to this podcast, Wine and Crime, and it was about necrophiliacs, and I learned a lot. And I was trying to tell Fallon about it. Oh, but yeah. it, I'm in the Dollar Tree. That's like the quietest fucking There's store. No music. <laughs> no music. No one's talking. And I'm trying to tell like, yeah, I just learned, like, did you know there's like 10 tiers of necrophiliacs? Like... Oh, no, I didn't. Tell me all and about so it. And so she's like, tell me some of the tears. Well, I'm just, we're, going, we're cruising through Dollar Tree. I'm just like, Grab me a box of that sugar. Did you hear that? <laughs> You're like level seven. <laughs> and so I just keep talking. I'm like, this might not be the right place for the right time for this car. I'm, but That's car talk. Like, that's but I finished the whole car talk. But I finished the whole conversation in Dollar Tree. And I'm thinking, I wonder if someone on the other side of the aisle that's listening to this, like, what the fuck are they talking about? Well, we are those people. All three yeah. of us are those people. Well, it doesn't dawn on me. <laughs> These are interesting things for me to talk about. So when I stumble across them, I'm like, hey, guys, listen to this. And then and that's why we have a podcast. <laughs> because we we just want to talk about this shit all the time. And it's like, we can, but we also can't. Well, like, I mean, I'm just like cruising through Dollar Tree. Like, we are the weirdos, mister. Yeah. Like, sorry. I'll you stop talking about, about fucking dead people. I know. Like, literally fucking dead people. Yeah. Yeah. But that's what I learned. It's not just fucking dead people. Like, there's ten tiers. There's all kinds of levels of necrophiliacs. I'm going to have to look more into that. Because you know what? Necrophilia has always... For me... Uh, so, cannibalism... Like, when you eat somebody, that's... That's fucking... I mean... Yeah. Ugh. What the fuck? But, like, I could see... If you're in caveman times, you know, or what's that movie called? Alive? Yeah. Like, I probably yeah, still wouldn't crash. eat your butt. But, yeah, but, like... Yeah, it, you will. You know? You're going to eat someone. There are people that... There are tribes, like, right now that are probably cannibalizing somebody. I am not okay with any of that at all, but that is more understandable to me than a necrophiliac. Like, how are you going to fuck, have sex with, humiliate, mutilate, whatever... A dead body. That to me is like I. If I had to pick one, would you rather? I'm eating somebody. Well, yeah. If I'm stranded in the middle of nowhere and that's it, it's just me or you. you me or me? you. I want to live. You, you <laughs> kill me. <laughs> I mean, I'll think about you. You guys heard you. it first, okay? This is Fallon. If we're that. stuck somewhere and I die, Michelle fucking ate me. I mean, it's good. I mean, it's I'd have just to be... fat. You will get no muscle, like nothing. <laughs> I'm gonna taste like biscuits and gravy. You want to taste like sugar? Uh, just all the sugar. So I'm gonna taste like cake 
in honey yeah, buns. Yeah, you're like you're making it even easier right Tempting. now. <laughs> you're making it easier. You're gonna taste so good. You know what I eat? I mean, you're not gonna. On the weekends, I eat bad. You're. I'm gonna taste like cauliflower. Oh, I'm not eating you. I'll eat all the grass around you. I'll eat the bugs that are crawling through your body. I'm, I'm just not saying. Eating you. I'm not going to eat you either. I'm just saying. <laughs> if you would be the very last option. I think the title of this episode should be called, Would You Rather Eat Me or Fuck Me? <laughs> <laughs> dead. Because either way, you're dead. Like, I'm not going to eat you alive. But, like, if you're dead and someone's like, here, I just fried up this piece of bologna. And I'm like, like I okay, can, this I tastes watch like Survivor, Michelle. man. I know how to start fires and stuff without having utensils. Oh, yeah? I mean, I could just, like, take a piece. When it's we're about life or death. I want you to start a fire in my front yard. Just get some kindling and let's see your fucking survival skills. The sun skills. ain't out. The sun ain't out. You can only start a fire in the sun. With the sun. I need the sun. It's part of the fire-making tool. I mean, the sun is just a big ball of fire. So You'd know that if you looked up at the dots in the sky more often. I did look up at them. <laughs> All of those boring. are suns. Mm-hmm. Go with your fucking necrophilia. Okay, so all tell right. Tell my story. Jesus all right. Christ. So, this is a, like, top five list. Okay. Um, so, number five, Jerry Brudos... Ted Bundy, and Henry Lee Lucas. So if you don't know who Jerry Brudos is, Jerry Brudos is the foot fetish guy from Mindhunter Season 1 that jerked off to the stiletto, took pictures of the girls, red-haired guy. He cut their feet off? He cut, he, yeah. I mean, he did a lot of shit. Yeah. But look him up. He's really interesting. Jerry Brudos. I think he's still alive, too. Uh, Jerry Brudos, Ted Bundy, and Henry Lee Lucas are among the most prolific serial killers our nation has ever seen. Among the heinous crimes they each committed, it should also be no surprise that necrophilia appears on the list. Jerry Brudos, a.k.a. the Lust Killer and show, fe- show Fetish Slayer, killed four women from 1968 to 69, and he had sex with the corpses of his victims, along with keeping two pairs of amputated breasts as paperweights and a left foot that he would use to model the shoes he collected while breaking into women's homes and stealing them and masturbating all over the place. That's one of the tears. So, Ted Bundy, the charming and eloquent guy who would subdue women by tricking them and later killing them, enjoyed having sex with the corpses of his victims. He kept most of his victims' heads in places to use them later for the for fellatio and abused the victims' corpses to the point of purification until it was impossible for him to continue with his fetishes. And I had to look up what that meant because <clears throat> I didn't know. Ted Bundy would fuck your corpse until you were rotted to the point where you would, it would make him sick. But he was still doing it until he physically could no longer do that anymore. And he had, I think Ted Bunny's probably one of the most, like, fascinating guys. He just went a totally wrong way in life. Like, he could have been something incredible. But he had heads, like, in his apartment that he would just grab fucking fuck, fuck, and then put Who do back. I want tonight? <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Yeah, for real, he would do that. And... Oh, my God. He's just... But he would fuck them even when they were rotting. Like, to the point where he would stop if there were bugs. I don't know how long that takes. Probably, like, a week. Maybe two weeks to form bugs. But he did that. It's gross. Uh, I think Ed Kemper's on this list. But if it's not, uh, tell me to come back because I have a really cool fact. I have a cool fact about Henry Lee Lucas. Oh, yeah? It's not even a cool fact. It's not cool at all. Is he your uncle? Maybe. No. Fuck <laughs> no. What happened? No. Um, his partner, yeah. Otis Tool. Otis Tool. He ate people. He was a cannibal. Oh, yeah. 
Well, they asked Henry Lee Lucas why he he never ate people because Otis Toll would say like he would cook people up and like as a barbecue like with barbecue sauce and it'd be <sighs> human meat and barbecue sauce <laughs> and Henry Lee Lucas's response was I don't like barbecue sauce what <laughs> <laughs> the fuck wouldn't it be well, hold I don't want to eat kind, people right like what kind of barbecue sauce is it because some barbecue sauce is nasty is it like Chick-fil-A's barbecue sauce awful but anyway, like though mm. But, but no, yeah, no, no, I'm not going to first be like, oh, you know what? It, I'm not a fan of Dave's, famous Dave's barbecue sauce, but if you put Montgomery in <laughs> on there, I might eat but that yeah, dish. But yeah, that was his response. I don't, I just don't like barbecue sauce. <laughs> you sick? <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> Sorry, go no, on. No, no, this isn't anything <laughs> like that. But finally, <clears throat> so Henry Lee Lucas murdered 11 people that we know of. And he was known to be one of the most depraved serial killers around. Lucas started out at a very young age by having a sexual relationship with his older half-brother at the age of 13, who introduced him to bestiality and animal torture. So, not a good guy. Years later, he teamed up with the depraved drifter Otis Toole, and together they went on a rampage through the U.S. that lasted seven years. Besides dismembering their victims and engaging in necrophiliac acts, they also enjoyed cannibalism. No, and Otis Toole, apparently. Otis Toole was the guy that they... Um, uh, convicted of killing John Walsh's son, Adam. Which, that's a whole other crazy story. Like, yeah. Jeffrey Dahmer could have done that. So, is this, like, a top five list, or is it just... What are what are we... It's a top five list. Okay. Yeah. This guy, number four. Wait till you hear number one. Like, number one is insane. Okay. Nicholas Clow. C-L-A-U-X. Clo? Clow? No idea. Clowx. <laughs> one of them, too. Cox. Yeah. <laughs> Practicing Satanist and necrophiliac fantasizer Nicholas Clow, a.k.a. the Vampire of Paris, started his fascination with death from an early age. Feeling like, no, feeling like an outsider while growing up, Nico started lurking in graveyards at night and breaking into mausoleums. He said, I woke up one day feeling this sinister urge to dig up a corpse and mutilate it, and that's where it all began. At 21, he became a morgue attendant and was often left alone with the multiple corpses. There is where he started to indulge in the act of eating strips of muscles from the body and drinking bags of blood after adding powder proteins or even human ashes in some cases. He was arrested in 94 for the murder of Ferry Bissonier, who he had met in an SMM forum online. After deciding to take his dark obsessions to the next level, he shot and killed Bissonier with a handgun. He was convicted of the crime and served his time and was released in 2002. He now lives with his girlfriend somewhere in Paris. Eating people. In Paris. So Paris listeners, if you guys are out there, keep an eye out for fucking Nicholas C-L-A-U-X. <laughs> Can't say his last name. This one's really short. Number three, Kenneth, Kenneth Douglas. Door-to-door salesman Kenneth Douglas was convicted of killing and raping Karen Range in 2008. Douglas attempted or admitted that he had killed Range, but denied all rape allegations. After a long and extensive investigation, the police tied Kenneth Douglas to the crime. Semen left on the body of Karen proved to be that of Douglas, who was working as a morgue attendant when the ordeal happened. Investigators also discovered that he had also violated three other women. Douglas then confessed to having had sexual intercourse with as many as a hundred bodies while he was waiting for autopsies to be finished. He said, I would just get on top of them and pull my pants down, Douglas said. He pleaded guilty and was sentenced to three years in federal prison. The families of the victims are still suing. 
without any yeah, result. Yeah, I mean, necrophiliac is, is obviously a crime, but it's not a major crime. Oh no, that's what I'm about to tell you a little bit about the crime of necrophilia. It just depends on what you're doing. Like, if you killed someone to fuck them, then yeah. Big time crime. But if you just dug up a grave and fucked them, you're not going to serve that much time. I'm just Which is crazy. Find a corpse. Oh. It's crazy, but yeah. Okay, so, well, um, Ed Kemper's not on here, but uh, I was watching one of his, like, actual interviews the other day, and he said that, and he was just so nonchalant about it, he was like, yeah, when you're fuck, and he's talking about fucking a dead corpse, like, fucking a dead person. He was like, yeah, when you fuck them in the ass, the ass just kind of, like, like, slurps up your dick and kind of takes it in, but when you fuck someone's neck whose head you just cut off the neck doesn't want to be fucked so there's a lot of like resistance there and he was just talking about how that's hard sick. it was to fuck his mom's neck after he cut her head off yeah and that's fucked sick. her head yeah on so to the, on to the next well, hold on ed kemper's story is really interesting i'm actually i'm probably gonna write him in prison and see if i can get him to talk to me josh is not cool with it i'm not cool with it i'm excited probably gonna happen you don't fucking write him I'm gonna probably write him. Yeah, his his he's just so interesting. Mm. Like I think that's another guy that could have went a from whole from a PO other box, route. right? I mean, from Michelle's address. Do it. <laughs> I'll just put it in your name. You're like I'll be your eating you sooner. What you think? <laughs> We're having Fallon tonight. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it'd be cool to talk to that guy. He had a rough childhood. I feel like he could have easily went a different route. If he was just shown some love and his mom was a cunt. And that's why he did all that stuff. Anyway, that's something for me and him to talk about. So number two, the second worst necrophiliac is Karen Greenlee. Oh, shit. Hold on. I just highlighted a whole bunch of shit. All right. So after several days of hearing nothing from Karen Greenlee back in 1979, her family were preparing themselves to hear the worst. That is until they discovered where Karen had been and especially who she had been with. Karen was an apprentice embalmer in a mortuary in Sacramento, California, and she had been missing along with the hearse and the body of a 33-year-old John McCure who had died a week before. When the authorities found her and the body, they also found a, quote, suicide note on the scene. Karen had tried to commit suicide by overdosing on Tylenol with codeine pills, but it didn't work. Instead, the officers were in shock when they read the note that stated, quote, I had sex with the dead bodies of 20 to 40 men. It's an addiction, end quote. Since necrophilia was legal at the time in California, necrophilia was only made illegal in 2004 in the state of California. So in 2003, you can fuck a dead person. What the fuck, Callie? Like, what's our, is it, what's Ohio's law on that, or Indiana? I, I don't tend to look up necrophilia, actually. Yeah, I'm going to have to look this up. This is insane. It was legal. How can that be legal? Anyway... Karen was only charged with stealing the hearse and delaying the funeral and spent just 11 days in jail along with some very heavy therapy that didn't help much. In a very open interview for the book Apocalypse Culture, Karen admitted to starting her necrophilic practices at a young age and that the smell of a freshly embalmed corpse turned her on. And last but not least, Carl Tanzler. You guys mm-hmm. ever heard of Carl Tanzler? Mm-hmm. Probably the most famous and well-documented case of necrophilia Carl Tesler, or Tanzler is guilty of a crime committed in the name of love. 
He met the love of his life in a hospital where he worked as a doctor in the 1930s. A local Cuban-American woman named Maria Alina Milagaro de Hoyas was brought in by her mother for examination. Carl immediately recognized the woman as he previously had been visited by visions of a late ancestor who revealed to him the face of his true love, which ended up being Alina. Alina was diagnosed with tuberculosis, which was a super fatal disease at that time. Still, Carl made the best of his efforts to do anything and everything in his power to cure Elena of the horrible disease. During this time, Carl professed his love for the young woman, showering her with gifts and affections, but his love was unrequited. Carl was devastated when Elena passed away. He told the family he would gladly take care of the burial costs and even asked permission to build an above-ground mausoleum in the Key West Cemetery. On the night of April, of, in April of 1933, Carl made his way through the cemetery in a dark toy wagon and removed Elena's body from the mausoleum and took it to his home. This is fucked up. There, at his home, he reattached her bones with wire hangers, replaced her eyes with fake ones, and even decided to skin her and replace her decaying epidermis with silk cloth soaked in wax and plaster. He made a wig out of Elena's own hair that her mother had previously gifted him. He also filled her body with rags and constantly sprayed her with perfumes and other disinfectants to neutralize the odors. For the next seven years, Carl and his now doll-like love lived together happily until Elena's sister became suspicious of his reclusive behavior and paid him a visit. On October of 1940, Carl's grotesque secret was discovered and he was taken into custody for medical evaluation. He was arrested for grave robbery but was later released without charge. The body of Elena was confiscated and is now resting in Key West Cemetery under an unmarked grave. And this is a picture of her before and a picture of her when she was discovered seven years after her death. Yeah, I've seen that picture. It's fucked up. Like, there's some crazy ass That is there. crazy. Seven years with a corpse. All right, well, now that I've brought the whole room down... I mean, do you want me to still... T you've been talking for like an hour. Do you want to yeah, go for save it. mine for next week? No, or? just go. Um, Enough with the attitude. That was an attitude. That was a <laughs> you were question. Like, you want me to go? Or That's just how I talk. Everyone's got a problem with fucking... <laughs> just stop there. By all means, Michelle, let's hear it. I'm taking a drink. I mean, yeah. Have I been talking for an hour? Yeah, you have. Yeah. Well, I hope everybody liked it. I, you know, I did what a I, lot of work on what that. What I love about you is I asked you before we even recorded, like, so you got two stories. <laughs> like, can are you, is this just going to be an episode of Fallon? I said He's 20 like, minutes. <laughs> no, 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 it's fine. Well, I didn't record last week. I didn't have a story last week. I get to make it up. I'm not, I'm just calling out what was said. I can get this done in 20 minutes. We, I'm bad about that. That's time. like saying, like, oh, yeah, I, I'll be ready at 4. <laughs> Fucking wrong. 5.15. Time just isn't your thing <laughs> on anything. Right? It anything. happens. Every time. I, Every time. I can't be on time. I wish I could beat it. So I have a story. And it's, I just love, I'm a movie buff. So... I just try to figure out what movies are based off true stories, and I found some interesting ones I didn't know about. And I don't know how true... I don't know how true the stories are. But the movie Child's Play, you've seen it? Mm -hmm. Chucky? is based off a true story. 
What? And that's my story. <laughs> yeah, that was incredible. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing that, Michelle. I mean, that was a good one. Why not? <laughs> that was just... Jacob, were you okay? He's the, fucking hot. Was the story too much for you? So, yeah. I'll tell you a little bit more. But... It's based off of a doll named Robert. Robert the doll. Robert the doll. I've heard of Robert the doll. Isn't he dressed in like a sailor's? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen a couple. Like, of, there was, I've seen a couple movies about it and then like a documentary about it. Yeah, yeah like a stitched up face yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Well. He's creepy little shit. Yeah. yeah. It's 1906. Ooh. So it's an old doll. I have a major fear of dolls. I don't like them. 113 years ago? Well, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Just as yeah. much as you're on time, you don't know math either. <laughs> well, I was right. It's 113 years ago. Okay, she doesn't oh, like wow. numbers. All right? Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. so he was made in 1906? <clears throat> uh, yeah. Okay. Well, he was, he was, I, he may have been made earlier. He was given to this kid in 1906. Okay. So he could be older. Okay. But there was a guy, Robert Eugene Otto. So the doll's named after him. But the guy that he gave the doll to? This woman, a servant, for his family gave him this doll. Okay. And apparently the story is... She practices voodoo. Okay. And uh, she wasn't treated very kindly by his parents. And so she's pretty mad. Okay. And she was recently pregnant and she lost her child. Mm -hmm. And after that, she had this doll. And she gave it to the kid. Well, Gene is his name. So the... Family boy that she yeah. worked for. Okay. Well, the story is that she put some sort of voodoo magic on this doll. A curse, maybe. And she actually took some of his hair, Jean's hair, and put it on the doll. Which makes sense if it's like voodoo type shit. Yeah, that's him. But um, once she gave Jean the doll, then all these spooky things started happening which the doll just to paint a picture of what it is or what it kind of looked like was it was made with a wire frame it was cloth it was straw and it had hair from Jean's own head so it was a clothed voodoo doll essentially yeah. so yeah Jean has this doll now and once he has it he loved the doll like it's his, it's his creepy new friend and so the parents didn't think much of it when they when Jean was just talking to the doll because that's what kids do. It's their imaginary yeah. friends, whatever talking. But then they started getting a little creeped out when they heard the doll answer back in a completely different voice. What? Yeah. So what? now it's they're starting to story. Really? Yes. Now they're starting to get like what the fuck. And apparently Robert the doll was jealous and then shortly after that, all of Jean's other toys became mutilated. So it's like, hold on. So Justin's shaking his head like 
he owned the doll at one point. <laughs> <laughs> like, did you own Robert? I wish. You no stole him? No fucking way. I wish. Oh, I would totally take that doll. That, that stuff. I don't know what it is about creepy stuff that turns me on. It just... I don't know. It just doesn't. Are you as hard right now as I well, am? Well, <laughs> like, oh my rock god, fucking hard. not that kind like, of turn yeah. on, but no, I mean, you know, yeah. it just interesting. It just it sets it off a series you. of senses in my body that I like. It just it, it is it, a cool. It, I get an adrenaline rush from yeah. creepy stuff, and I like this that. one's a creepy yeah. ghost story. Well, I call it a ghost story. It's a voodoo, whatever, and it's just it's nineteen oh six. It's like it's fucking folklore. Like no one, there's no proof of any of this anywhere, yeah, other than just. just Telling a story. Just creepy stories and gossips, but yeah. So I, I think Justin. What if Justin's reincarnation of Gene? Then we can't be, be cool. friends anymore. <laughs> I don't fuck with dolls. They're they're I'll terrifying. I'll fuck with them all day. They don't bother me. Terrifying. Some of them are really creepy, but go on. I'm anxious to hear yeah. the rest of this. So, um, the rest of his toys were being mutilated, and he, Gene would. Blame it on the, on Robert, the doll. So it's like, it could be Gene. It's probably just Gene. It's, it's got to be Gene destroying his own toys. But then the, it keeps getting creepier. So the neighbors reported, like, they reportedly seen the doll watching them from different windows. Like, it would be placed in different windows. Or he would walk around the house. Yep. And be looking out the windows, and the neighbors would see would them in different the set, rooms. The sounds, the pitter patter of the feet upstairs and stuff in the in what? the rooms. And yeah. this is so it's and like the, the neighbors reported this when they knew the family was away from the house, like they weren't home. That's creepy. I'm actually surprised you guys haven't seen the movies or the, any documentary. No, no, I knew. I, I mean, I knew that. I knew they made movies about it, but I don't. I don't know. I thought they'd be cheesy, so I never watched them. I can't remember if it was cheesy or not. I want to watch a documentary because, like, I I like the whole facts, like where they kind of show you the story and like the the background of everything, like Robert's first owner, the woman that made him, like this is what she looked like. Yeah, I love so that I'm going to tell you this story. I ate it up, but then I have another story <clears throat> with okay. it. Like, there's just a lot of talk about Robert. So Robert's hold over the family grew stronger the longer he was in the house. We're talking about the doll. Gene's parents would hear the doll giggle. They caught a glimpse of him moving through the house. And that's when it's like, that might be a good time to get rid of the doll. They tried. So. <laughs> Justin's like, my mom and dad got rid of that thing <laughs> yeah. so many times when I was we younger. We burn it. We drowned <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah. So, in the middle of the night, they would wake up and run into... Gene's room because he'd just be screaming and when they would run in they would see that all the furniture is knocked over and Gene's terrified and he kept blaming Robert for all the destruction like Robert's doing this and he's scared and so yeah he's just he's running amok through that house so The longer this goes on, other people that's outside the family learn about Robert and that he's not a very ordinary doll because there would be people coming over to work. That, like a plumber came over mm-hmm. and he bolted because the because Robert the doll snickered at him. What the fuck? <laughs> like, 
And the other visitors reported that the doll would blink and his expression would change. His facial I've expressions seen, would change. Yeah. I've seen people talk about that on different dolls. Like, they so, blink and just their face And this is people happiness. outside of the house. Like, they, they came there for whatever reason. And this doll, Robert's fucking with them. You wouldn't take Robert. No! If, if they were like, Michelle Bush, I'll give you nope. $10 million nope. right now to take him home overnight. No, absolutely not. Hell yeah. Yeah, I'd no. do it for $1,000. When I was five years old, I destroyed all of my dolls because I had a nightmare of a doll that I had that was life-size of me. And ever since then, fuck no. I didn't have any dolls. Wiped them all out. <laughs> I woke up the next morning like, throw them all away. And it, it never left me. So, no. No. So, obviously, Gene is getting older. And you would think, as he's getting older, like, Robert's just kind of like, Robert's in the background. No, Gene kept this doll forever. Like, as an adult. Oh, but he shit. moved. Yeah. Well, he obviously, he got older. He moved out of the house. He got married. And the doll, Robert, stayed at his family home. Okay. Well, eventually, Gene's parents died, so him and his wife <clears throat> moved back into his childhood home. And With Robert. Well, no, Robert never, like, as Gene oh, got Robert older, Robert there. stayed. Gene moved out. <laughs> the doll stayed. But when his parents died, he, him and his wife moved back into a house, and Robert's still Were there. Were there any accounts of any shit going on when he moved out? I don't, I don't know. Like, did the parents say, like, oh, Robert's doing all this shit, or was it, like, it was only when Gene was there? I couldn't find anything. It sounds like Gene's a shitster. Yeah, because I can't find anything of when Gene's gone. But yeah. they've moved back to the house. Okay. And his wife's name is Anne. Of course it is. Yeah, um, and she got reacquainted with Jean's old friend, Robert, and she instantly hated the doll because she swore up and down. She kept seeing his expression, his facial expression change. So, hates the fucking doll. So, she made Jean put Robert in the attic. Oh <laughs> like, he just, he's confined to the attic. Why like not I just burn him or throw him away or fucking sell it? Well, he's a person. <laughs> he, he's he got voodoo running through him. Excuse right. me, my mouth's dry. Well, once it, they put him in the attic, guests would come over the house, and there was tons of reports of hearing unexplained footsteps, laughter, movement, everything was only coming from the attic. Where Robert is. Like, he's... I mean... <laughs> Chrissy had that dude living in her attic for like seven years and they never knew about it. Yeah, well, no, it's a doll. mom found him up there. So they lived on West 8th Street in Cincinnati. And like my friend just had some dude living up in their attic and they heard some shit. And the mom, Kathy, like went up there one time and saw this guy and was like, you can't be here. Like, you need to fucking go. What are you doing? He's like, all right, ma'am, I'm sorry. And like got his shit and like just walked down the window off the little fire escape. Well, Dude's been living little, there for years. This is a little guy. This is Robert. Little Robert. He's creepy as fuck. So yeah, they would hear all this. Everything was from the attic. And then people outside would see Robert staring at them from the window. 
And it got to the point where all the kids around were being terrified. And they wouldn't even walk on the sidewalk in front of the house. They'd cross the street <laughs> to go past like, it because... Pulsating fucking crazy Well, because the kids say the doll taunted them. There's a house uh, on my way to school when I was younger. There was a house that sat on 4th Street. And there, there was always this doll that sat up in the attic window. That's fucking good. And I don't know if the person lived there was like a doll maker or what, but they always had That's this doll. That's creepy. And it, it was always creepy. And I would, because I passed it every day on, my, on the school bus. So I would see it every morning. Mm-hmm. And I would always look up and it, that doll was always, it Mm-mm. was either in one window or the other. No. And I always thought it was so creepy because there was just a doll and you, you could see it plain as day. I don't even like that word. And was I need... the house creepy too? Like, Not did it really. look like a haunted house? No. no? <laughs> But you know, like yeah, the yeah. The better. I need to go by there now and see if there's still a doll up in the window because I think there might still be. For, like, what town was this? This is in Franklin. Oh shit! So it's like we can go there tonight. Yeah. Um, yep. I lost my spot. Let's see. Um. Here we are. Oh, okay, here we go. Neighbors or people. So guess. kids running across the street. They won't even stay on that side of the street. Well, Jean. This is where, oh, God, this is creepy. Gene claimed that he would find Robert rocking in a rocking chair on the main floor time and time again. Like, multiple fucking times, Robert's just rocking in the chair on the main floor when he's been confined to the attic. So it's like, how does he get back down there? So he put the doll back in the attic and it always returned to that chair. I'd just leave him in the chair. Maybe the wife is trying to make him crazy. Maybe. Yeah, it's like That's I don't want to believe. Yeah. Stuff right I don't want to believe that this is a thing. But this is just the story of Robert. So, yeah. 1974, Gene died, and the house was 1974? sold. 1974. Okay. Yeah. It doesn't seem like that long ago, but it's like 40 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. 45 years ago. Yeah. So I don't. I don't have to. I guess the wife must have moved out. Like he died. Jean died, so the wife moved out. Yeah, she moved out of the house. Fuck that, I'm not. So they sold the house with Robert in it. <laughs> Robert came with the house? He came with the house. <laughs> oh, my God. He was locked in a trunk in the attic. Well, the new family moved in, and they had a 10-year-old daughter. And she found Robert. And so she she claimed him as her own. And she com- quickly regretted that. Because then, all of a sudden, all of her dolls started becoming mutilated. Like, all of her toys destroyed. Why is it just toys, though? This like, is like a horrible toy story. Yeah, I was just thinking <laughs> that. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, then, gets all pissed, she, then she started having night terrors, and she claimed that Robert was moving around her room, and he even attempted to attack her on multiple occasions. And then, this is when they just... This, this was it. They came home, and they... <laughs> The family came home and discovered that their dog was tied tightly with a cord. And at that point, it was like, fuck this. And they put Robert back in the attic. Why aren't they just getting, take him to Rumpke Dump and light a match on him? Still to this day, like as an adult, that girl still insists that Robert the doll was alive and evil. What's like, her name? Let's let's look I her up. I could in the movie they burnt they, they burnt the doll. They don't say her name. We should look. We should try to find out what that chick's name is. So I'm Robert, her. Robert Doll is still around. Still in Key West, Florida. He's in Key West, Florida. Hey, that's at, where the yeah. my person was buried. Four East Martello Museum, and 
you have you can take his picture, but you have to ask permission. And next to his next to the Robert, the museum is full of letters of apologies from all the people that were foolish enough to snap a photo of him against his wishes because you take a picture of him, bad shit apparently happens to you. So now all these people, look at that picture of all those apology letters. They're like apologizing to Robert? To Robert for taking taking his picture because they would take his picture and then all this bad stuff started with everybody. That's a bunch of Reddit trolls on there. No way. This is the story of Robert. Okay. Keep going. I I mean, I'm telling this as a ghost story. Oh, no, no, no. I love this story. Yeah, I guess it's for me, it's a ghost story, but it's like. So hold on. If we go. Let's say we go to Florida. We're I mean, do you want to test it? I was just going to say, would you take his picture? Nope. Is he going to tell you yeah? I am superstitious as shit. So My life we is shit Are we gonna enough take a as it is. It can't get any worse. I'll do it. Are we taking a selfie with him? Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Up top, Justin. You here to hear first, folks. Mm. We're going to Key West. What? You? I mean, I'll go. I know. Like, I'll go live with Robert. Like So... Look, here's another picture. So like, if he here's says Robert no, like, in the museum, but all those are apology letters to him. I want to look more into the apology so letters. That and then that's where that story of Robert is what inspired the Chucky movie, Child's Play. But when I kept looking into this, I mean, that's their story. Mm-hmm. But the doll was made by the Steiff Company in Germany in 1904 is when he was manufactured. And he was shiny and new at that point. So it could just be, I forget, I'm trying to find the family member's name. But what it was, the other story was he got it as a birthday gift from one of his uncles. Gene did. Okay. As a kid. Very basic story. It's his fucking birthday. Uncle, here's Here's a happy birthday. Here's a doll. That's it. The other, the cool story is the servant was a voodoo woman. Oh, so that that happened? We don't know. Oh, man. No, they want to tell you. Okay. That's, that's both stories. Oh, like okay. I don't know which one's true. This is 1906. There's no fucking records of anything. Like it, it could just be his uncle gave him this birthday present, or this story is true. Because look, all those apology letters. There's people out there that believe that I believe this it. doll is fucked up. I know. I, <laughs> so I know. really, it's some voodoo voodoo magic on it. I'm really interested, and I he's on my bucket list. But I don't believe. Oh, in that okay. Kind of it was stuff. Uh, it was Jean's grand grandfather who bought the doll in Germany and gifted it to him. That's the story, and then then the story I just told. The story and you like, told before was more interesting. Well, yeah. yeah, absolutely. But Jean was Jean's really hair. obsessed with the doll. Like the reason he's in sailor's clothes, like that's Jean's clothes. That was his outfit. He put on the doll. Oh, so what did Robert look like before he dressed him? I don't know. But he that just sailor's... kept him in that sailor suit? Yep. Yeah. That's weird. Um, he had, and a lot of people would term it as he had a very unhealthy relationship with the doll, obviously. Because he, I mean, 
he t- he brought it everywhere. He talked about it in first person as if he if Robert wasn't a doll, like he was a live entity, because he thinks that. Well, he's seen yeah. him move. He's seen him. Yeah, th- true. You know, I was gonna say. I mean, the girls have like their pups. You know, they're like, oh, orange pup did this, and purple pup did that. Well, they also know it's a stuffy. Yeah, he talked as like Robert was, like me and you hanging out. <laughs> I'm gonna buy us three a replica Robert doll. No, don't buy. I <laughs> no, Justin. I'm buying us matching Robert dolls. Um. Yeah, I think that's that's pretty much it. That was awesome. Uh, Just get a doll and like leave it in her car. I would love you like you know how Ed and Lorraine Warren have their occult museum. Um, the psychics that are psychic slash ghost hunter that was a part of the Conjuring movie and Amityville Horror. Okay. That fam, those two, they're they were married. Uh, Lorraine just died like a month or so ago, maybe. <clears throat> but in their house, they have all of this shit from all the cases that they've done over the years of people that have had things that are said to have like been possessed. Like the the Annabelle doll oh, yeah, is yeah. in their like I don't it's not like their dining room, it's just this part of their house that they just started putting shit in and now it's like a little, you know, museum. Mm-hmm. Oh, another little tidbit. Robert has Robert's moved a lot because someone uh this woman purchased the house and she took him wherever she went she'd move for 20 years she'd move he moved around with her this other woman and then she finally she donated him to that museum where he is now and her reason for her donation was the doll was haunted (laughs) just that's it yeah he's haunted fucking take him and they took him like what kind of museum is the museum took him because they thought her claims were silly I wonder if anything's happened at the museum. The Ooh. staff did not put him on display, instead keeping him in a storeroom until he could be incorporated into their exhibits. Almost as soon as Robert arrived, however, so did numerous visitors want to see him. Despite no press being released on Robert, people somehow learned that he was there. I can't. I'm getting a phone call and I was like, I can't <laughs> yeah. do it. But that's it. I mean, it's a scary <clears throat> doll. I love it. I want to look, I'm going to, I actually just took notes on your story. I'm going to, there's some questions I have. So I'm going to like look it up and just get totally obsessed about this case for like a week and then I'll drop it. But it's cool. I mean, I want to go there. It's a creepy story. Isn't Key West at the very Mm -hmm. tail end? Yeah. Fuck. I've lost my shoes. We can get to Florida in like 14 hours, but then it's like another probably 10. Yeah. So I want to talk to the Robert Dolls female owner and get her story i want to know more about the apology letters like what are people writing um oh i wonder if you can okay here i brought it back yeah it's like people just they never said that they the museum never said they had him but people just knew he was there so letters began arriving from people begging robert for forgiveness or offering apologies for the disrespect they've caused hmm uh, eventually the museum appeased to the visitors and they put the mysterious doll on display. Still to this day, Robert the doll sits safely behind glass, rarely taken from his case. People still visit daily, hoping to catch a glimpse of him moving. Even after 115 years, his powers seem to be sharp as ever. Visitors claim that cameras malfunction in his presence and electronic devices go haywire. 
Hmm. That is the end. So now he's getting with the times. He's fucking with our electric. That's right. I mean, he's hot. It's a go. So yeah, you seem to know Justin. What's up with you and Robert? Like, what do you know about Robert? Oh, just from the the movies and the, the documentary that I've seen. There's like three movies about gonna, it. Yeah. Really? And there is a documentary, and well, and then there's Chucky. Yeah, Chucky. But there's know. three legit movies about Robert the doll. Yep. At least what three. What do you think is more terrifying, Robert or Annabelle, the doll? They're both dolls. I can't. Like, would one. you rather? Would you rather spend the night with Robert the doll or spend the night with Annabelle the doll? I Annabelle. Think it's, it's equal for me. They both. I'd rather spend the night with Robert. Well, yeah, Robert didn't kill anyone. <laughs> Annabelle did, right? No, she caused same story as Robert. Just oh. like sinister. I mean, I have my charges. No. Maybe I'll do a <clears throat> Annabelle next week. Maybe not. I don't know, I'm probably going to go down a crazy-ass rabbit hole and come up with all kinds of shit. I also wanted to do, like, um, you know, like, old-time circus, like, freak shows. Oh. Uh, I was going to do some things about... Um, I don't like, know a lot about that. Oh, I am just so fucking fascinated. The with, only like, part that I know about it is circus. what I saw in American Horror Story, which I fell in love with. Lobster Boy was real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was a real dude. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Wow. Well, what got me hooked on the whole freak show thing is I don't know what I went down, but I was looking up the Elephant Man, John, or Joseph Merrick, who I know, I his case is like so, his story is just so fascinating. But um, I was like, oh, where is he? Like, I, I know you can go see his skeleton, like his actual skeleton. Skeleton. Skeleton is on <laughs> display. Skeleton. Uh... But yeah, he he had that elephantitis, and when he died, I just found out they buried his skin. Like, his skin is just, like, thrown in the dirt on this unmarked grave in London, and some researcher just found it, like, a few years ago. Um, yeah, they just found it, like, a few years ago, but uh, the elephant man himself, like, his skeleton, they kept it. Oh, hey, hey, let Jacob out. Um, you, he was, like, his... Doctor took really good care of him, and he had, like, a guy that was, like, his boss that would just take him around the country and show him off. Because he was covered. I mean, he had elephantitis bad. And it was where these huge tumors just grow out of your body and just keep fucking growing. And um, I'll, I'll do his story next time because it's really interesting. But uh, it was just, it's just really sad that even now today, like, he's still on display for you to look at. You know? Like, and it's something that you can't look away from. Like, his story is so fucking sad. <laughs> but there are other people like him that were forced to be in freak shows because they had no other what means of, you know, wages and shit. Way of life. So, yeah, I'm going to do that, and then I'm going to also do Elephant Man. Because I love this story. Well, I love it because it's... I don't know much about it. I need to look into it. Allow me to fill you in next week. <laughs> I mean, no, it's, it's really sad. Don't, I mean... There's a movie about it. Um, I forget who plays him, but Anthony Hopkins plays the do- the doctor. It's a really good movie, and they pretty much stick close to like what really happened. But all he ever—I was just telling Josh today—all he ever wanted was just to be a normal guy. Like he had crushes, he had urges to see movies, he wanted to hang out with his buddies, all, and he even wanted—that's what ended up killing him—is he wanted to be normal, and he did one normal thing and it killed him. 
It is so fucking sad. But it's a good story, like, of how you should treat people. Yeah. You know, just because he looks like... I, I mean, you'll have... I'll just look him up right now. Like, it, he just... Yeah, and, and we have to go, <laughs> apparently, but... Well, yeah, I, yeah, I mean... Uh, Elephant Man. But yeah, we'll we'll do that next week. We'll talk about Elephant Man another time. Because it's if you get on that right now, then you're bored. <laughs> oh yeah, but that's him. That's a skeleton. Skellington. Fuck. Wow. So, yeah. Oh yeah, his whole body was like that. And then, hold on, they did a thing, like a, there's some documentary that you can look up, where like forensic scientists have reverse engineered his face. So like they actually took graphs of like what his face would have looked like without all those tumors on him. And he was a handsome man. Like a really good looking dude. It's unfortunate. It's really sad. So once again, sorry I brought people down. Tell a joke or something. I uh, Liven it up, Michelle. I don't have a joke. You are a joke. That is yeah. the joke. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So thanks for listening, guys. If you have any comments, <laughs> questions, concerns, once again, you can reach out at Dead Academy Podcast at Gmail. Hit us up on the Facebook where I manage it, and Michelle's got the Instagram. And we're also on Reddit. Yeah, please, someone else reach out on Reddit. iTunes and Spotify and oh, all kinds of shit. Justin, um, thanks for being here. Hope you yeah. like our story. Thank you. Yeah, email us all your stuff, and we'll be back next week. Yep. <laughs> Later. See ya! You want to say bye, Justin? Bye, Justin. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> Next up.